So tonight, the episode that we're going to do is going to be a little different because we've heard some feedback, and we love feedback, right? Uh, and we we definitely want to consider all things. Uh, we want to be something that content is available to everyone. Um, so one of the biggest things we've heard is the length of the podcast over an hour is kind of tough for people. We get it. <laughs> we get it. Totally we get it. Uh, we just, we love the Bible and we love to talk about it. So sometimes that goes too long, but tonight we're going to start something new based on feedback. We're going to see if this is better. We're going to do three shorter episodes, somewhere between 30 to 40 minutes. We're going to hope, and then it's all going to be on the same topic. So these next three episodes that we're going to release, uh, probably tomorrow, I would assume, is going to be all on the promises that we find in Scripture. Uh, we've selected a few each to talk about and discuss. And hmm. rather than spending an hour and a half, we're going to do three episodes so that if you only want to listen to one for 30 minutes, maybe that's better for you as the viewer. And if you want to sit down and binge all three, you can. But they're all going to be the same theme. They're all going to be about promises this time. And if, you, and if everyone likes that better, maybe we'll continue that. Is that kind of agreeable to you? I agree with that, yeah. Okay. It's kind of like that, uh, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at One a time. One bite at a yeah, time. That's right. So we're going to give you guys bites instead right. of the entire elephant. Um, and, you know, there might be some people that don't like it. So we, we just want everyone to know uh, we're doing this for the glory of God. Amen. Not for the glory of us, right? And whatever feedback comes in, we listen to it. You know, we uh, there's some other things that we've changed and we've clarified and we discussed, but the biggest thing was cut out the fluff. Right. So that's what we're doing. This yep. is as fluffy as, as it gets right here. That's it. All right, bro. You ready to dig in? I am. All right. Tonight's topic is promises in scripture. And I think a little tagline that's good for him is, are they really what we think they are? Mm. <laughs> you like you like that uh, inflection at the end? Right. Are they really what they, I can picture like... um. The guy from Austin Powers, what was his name? Dr. Evil? Dr. Evil. Are they really what we think they are? Yeah. So anyway, bro, uh, roll. Go for it. Uh, so I am going to list the three scripture or the three topics I'm going to okay. cover. And then I have some stuff to go along with that that I found in my study. The first scripture I'll cover is Jeremiah 2911. Ooh, never heard that one. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure if you've ever been on social media at all, you've seen that scripture attached to somebody's uh, IG or Facebook or whenever they're going through something. Uh, the second piece of scripture I will cover will be Ephesians 1, 11 through 14. Good one. And then I kind of got a curveball for you. Okay. I'm going to cover the entire book of Jude. Oh, my goodness. Let's it's do it. one chapter. <laughs> okay. It's... It's the whole like book. one page. The <laughs> whole book is like one page. However, in study, it it's one big promise. Yes. Okay. And so you're you're gonna love this. Trust okay. me. So because I don't, you, you kind of seem shocked by the fact that I'm pulling the book of Jude out. Yeah. And I was I like, am. I, I read it and I was like, I don't know that I've ever read this nor been taught from this. Hmm. So when we get to it, I have the entire thing okay. to read. It's short. I'll Sounds read good. through it. Um, Which yeah. one do you want to do for episode one? Uh, first, we're going to cover Jeremiah 29. Okay. Um, so to jump into it, and uh, I found this in my study, and I thought it was extremely powerful uh, for the topic. And I did not notate where I got this from. But Christianity rests on a foundation of God's promises. There are two kinds, unconditional and conditional. 
fulfillment of an unconditional promise rests solely with the Lord. Hmm. One example is God's covenant to never again destroy the entire earth by flood in hmm. Genesis 9-11. Yeah. On the other hand, if a promise is conditional, fulfillment depends on certain requirements being met. That's true. The transaction can be expressed as an if-then statement. Yes. Side note, being an IAT engineer, I was like, oh. Code. Right. <laughs> like, oh, this, code. this works yeah. perfect. Uh, as in James 1, 5 through 7. Example, the example tells us that it, if we request wisdom from God by asking in faith without doubting him, then he will give it generously. And again, in Matthew six thirty two and 33, Jesus promises that if we seek first God's kingdom and righteousness, then everything we need will be provided. So true. Amen. So true. It says the Lord will do exactly what he has promised. But when there's a condition, you must satisfy the requirements he has set. If you're still waiting for God to keep a particular promise, check the context for a stipulation, then make certain you're carrying out your part. And remember that while the fulfillment is certain, the timing is always in the Lord's hands. And that's exactly why we're doing this, right? Because covenants, if thens, it's not black and white. Right. It is it's not, not black and it white. It is not black and white. And um, I thought this this little verbiage that I found just nailed I it. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. I want to say this came from In Touch Ministries. Okay. Which is uh, Charles Stanley. You can say whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm disclaimer again, I don't know, but I'm almost positive I got that from an In Touch Ministries okay. um link. So Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Where to start? Hmm. I started studying the scripture and it sent me into a rabbit hole. I think I told I think I texted you about this of As it should. Yeah. Uh, because when you start in chapter 29, the very first line that you see for the chapter says uh, something along the lines of message to the exiles. To the surviving elders of the exiles. And right. priests and yeah. prophets. Yeah. Does not say to the person reading the scripture. Hmm. Uh, but I will get, I will, I will follow back up to that okay. as well. So as many of us know, um, chapter, it, go ahead. It's so, it's so specific. Whom oh, I have Nebuchadnezzar, the, I have, okay. Yeah, I have okay. it all right. I have the whole thing I've right I've never here. read that part before. Right, right, right. I mean, I kind of knew right. contextually, but I've never read that line. That's good. Right, yeah. So it says, now these are the words of the letter which Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the rest of the elders of the exile, the priests, the prophets, and all people from all people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Have that's, you been taken from? I have not <laughs> been taken been to ta exile. No, I have not. Okay, that's good. Good point. So, um, again, context huge. is very huge when yeah. it comes to Scripture. Uh, this sent me down a rabbit hole of New Covenant theology, dispensationalism, yeah. Yeah. Uh, eschatology. I was like... I don't even know <laughs> yeah, bro. where I'm at anymore. Like, is this even reality? I was so, I, I spent three hours studying just on dispensationalism alone and new covenant theology and Arminianism and the, the rabbit hole is very deep. <laughs> now for the listener, do they need to know all that to understand where you're going? No. Are you going to kind of not, break not, it down? Not what I'm talking okay. about. Um, all right. Basically, I, I'll give a quick 
rundown of that dispensationalism i believe is kind of where i land i'm still studying on that but it, it dispensationalism basically says promises in the old testament were for the old testament uh, people who looked to yahweh and then when christ came those were no longer applicable and hmm. were under a new covenant in the new testament uh, that's my understanding of it sure. i'm glad to be corrected because yes. again I spent numerous hours, and I feel like there's probably numerous on top of numerous more hours to work on this to yeah, figure it there's, out. There's dispensationalist scholars. Right. Who spend their whole life studying just that topic. Just that, right. So I, it's, I, it's I read hard about to grasp. that, too. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I kind of landed on New Covenant theology, and I was like, maybe I'm somewhere. Is there something in between? Like, mm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm dispensationalist. However, I kind of believe some of this new covenant, like I just need to break it down. Okay. So again, we can move on from that. Okay. Um, good to know. Noted. As I was studying this, there's actually no, I could not find a resource that said there was a, a tie of this scripture to the new Testament which was kind of shocking to me because there's so many references of Old Testament to New Testament to Old Testament. Like Jesus never said, remember in Jeremiah, right. I got you. Right, there was, none of, there was none of that from Jesus. Paul never mentions the promise that's in chapter 11, I mean, verse 11. Um, and again, for the listener, 11 is the very famous scripture, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord plans for prosperity and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. So again, if we go back to pre verse 11, it is all talking about Jeremiah telling them even chapter or verse four. I don't know why I keep saying chapter verse four. He says, this is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel says to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Now, it's kind of funny how when you start to study this stuff, the uh, the Google box likes to take all of this and start giving you, feeding you stuff that is related to that. Um, I heard a very good reference to the scripture from Vody Bachman. Mm. Man, that guy's so good. If only you don't because, listen to him, you should. Only because <laughs> I respect him so greatly, I will tell you it's Buckham. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> That's okay. My apologies. That's okay. Vody Buckham. I've never actually heard it said. Yeah. I just read it. So It's a different spelling. Yeah. And Vody's um, kind of interesting too, that word. Yeah, Vody is definitely. Um, I don't even know if that's right. I, I've never heard him pronounce his own name. I know. I, I'm thinking I, it's Vody Buckham. Whatever. So uh, let's go to five. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens, eat their produce. Take wives and fathers, sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may give birth to sons and daughters and grow in numbers there and do not decrease. Seek the prosperity of the city where I have sent you into exile. Hmm. To me, this sounds like instructions from the Lord for the people who he, being God, actually exiled. That's kind of important, if you ask me. I have sent into exile. Right. And pray to the Lord in its behalf, for in its prosperity will be your prosperity. For this is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. Do not let your prophets who are in your midst or in your 
or your diviners deceive you and do not listen to their interpretations of your dreams which you dream for they prophesy falsely to you in my name I have not sent them declares the Lord verse 10 for this is what the Lord says when 70 years have been completed for Babylon I will visit you and fulfill my good word to you to bring you back to this place 11 for I know the plans that I have for you declares the Lord plans for prosperity and not for disaster and to give you a future and a hope 12 then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart I will let myself be found by you declares the Lord and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you declares the Lord again let me finish. And I will bring you back to the place from where I sent you into exile. This entire section of scripture is God speaking through Jeremiah to the Israelites that he exiled. Yes. Now, we can take a few things from this. Yeah. Um, I did want to note, in the NSA, NASB, the title of this section is Message to the Exiles, and the ESV titles it Jeremiah's Letter to the Exiles. Okay. So again... No matter the translation... Not that hard to figure out. It's not hard to figure out. It is meant for the exiles that the Lord exiled. So would that change the meaning of prosperity and the meaning of plans? And what do you think? I think the Bible is written uh, for you, not to you or about you. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Especially when it explicitly says this is a message to the exiles the notes i took uh, i actually wrote this these letters are directly written to the israelites and exiles not modern day christians who have accepted who have accepted christ as savior however this is a huge however okay. because this is this is what i found in my studies okay this shows the character of God in numerous ways. This is, this is, it's important mm. to understand this. Sovereignty. It, right. <laughs> it is extremely <laughs> important. It all over here. It's extremely important to understand this because, again, how do you build a relationship with God? You get to know his character. Yeah. You have to know the scripture to understand. God is the one that sent them away. He said, you guys have screwed up. You're going to exile, but I'm going to restore you is what he's promising. He's promising restoration and redemption through his sovereignty. Knowing that, you can look at 11 and go, okay, that is his, that is his character. And now that I've, I have taken Christ as Savior... I understand that God is sovereign over my life, and these this is his character that same he God. has for my life. Same, same God. God. Same God. Same God. Um, I, wrote, I, I notated here, it shows that even though he sent the Israelites into the desert and is telling them, I have a plan to restore you to the promised land, you have to do what I'm telling you. God's character does not change ever. Right. Now that is from James 1, 17. Okay. 
I don't have the actual scripture for that, but James 1.17 says that God does not change ever. Amen. And also, we have to remember in 1 Corinthians 14.33 that God is a God of order and peace and not confusion. So we can't, we can, I was kind of shocked by this because I was like, it's not written to me, but it exposes the character of God to me. Right. And I was like, so while it's not saying I'm going to give, I'm not going to prosper you, his character will. As long as I follow his direction for my life. Wait, say that again. So the, the character of God is to restore his people back to him. Yes. So as long as I've accepted Christ as Savior, I am now in the fold with yes. the Israelites. Okay. So his plan, his character, I can, I, can, I can look at the scripture and say his character is that the plan is to restore me eventually. It may not be like this. Like a future glory? Like a future hope? Yes. It is, it is a hope okay. that... Because this is literal, right? I am reading Jeremiah as literal. There was like two, a, an actual two, 70 years that yes, passed. And, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Um, so God's character of wanting good for his people right. doesn't change. Right. He's still a God that character, wants good. Correct. Yeah. Character doesn't change. Yeah. God's character never changes. Um, we, our flesh can change. Our character can change in our flesh. But um, So that's what I have for that one. That's his... Uh, so what would you say, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for my book says welfare and not evil, good and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Um, what part of that verse, because that's the verse you focused on, do you think is for us, not for us, literal, not literal? Do you have a kind of an idea of, of what you gleaned from your study? Yeah, so... To answer your question, um, reading the scripture in context, he is directly saying the Israelites will prosper if this is the, this is an if then promise the way I'm understanding it because in the earlier scriptures he's saying this is what the Lord of Armies, the God of Israel, says to all exiles whom I've sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens, eat their produce. Take wives and fathers, sons and daughters, and take wives for your son and give your daughters to husbands so that they may give birth to sons and daughters and grow in numbers there and do not decrease. Seek the prosperity of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord in its behalf, for in its prosperity will be your prosperity. So he's laying out instructions of what he wants the Israelites to do. And again, if we take this as this is his character, then whatever he lays out in the New Testament as a Gentile who believes in Christ to do, if we do that, then we are living in his will. And we will we will be now hmm. hear me out, because hmm. I don't take prosperity as actual hey. Here's a here's a million dollars because you did what I told you to. Okay. Prosperity to the Lord is way different. That needs to be clarified. Right. Yeah. Because it is not a I'm gonna give you a big house and a new car and all this money and because you are a slave to Christ now. It is, in my opinion, um 
he is going to cover us in righteousness that allows us to be redeemed. He, he's given us Christ to be redeemed to him. Gotcha. I was looking at the little footnotes here. Welfare is what MacArthur uses, and he's got a subnote as interchangeable for peace. I like that. So it could say, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for peace and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And if this is the same time period I'm thinking of, when Israelites are exiled into Babylon, um, I don't think it was a great time. No, I don't think so. Right? No, there was plenty of Israelites who were like, "Why did you? Yeah. Why did you take us out of the out of Egypt? We need to go back. Yeah. It's better there." Right. And the Lord's like, that "Sounds familiar." Yeah. <laughs> the wilderness. I love the I love the highlight of God's character. That God's character is to have His children at peace and right. not evil. Right. You know, we can bank on that. Right. Um. I like it. You good? I'm good. All right. So now it's your turn. Okay. Um, all right, so that was Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Uh, in uh, before context, before we go any, do you do you agree? Disagree? Um, I didn't study that. Okay? I know that's why I'm asking you. I didn't study that. Um, I've looked into it briefly before. I do think it's to the people receiving this letter. I don't think it can be taken by everyone. Right. I do think people abuse the word prosperity. And Agreed. make it mean what they want it to mean or Agreed. what Hollywood makes it look like. I do agree with that. Um, I do believe the Lord has a future and a hope for all of us. What's funny is that's going to tie into some of my stuff. And I did all New Testament stuff. I knew you were going to hang out Old Testament a little bit. So I did, a, I did a few New Testament things. And I think what we'll see is God's character remains. Amen. God's character remains. Amen. To the point you brought up. Even though I may need to chew on that for a little bit, <laughs> even though what you're saying, I'm kind of like, okay, and I'm all if then, if then, if then, right? Mm -hmm. um, I don't think what you're saying is wrong. I think that there's a lot of uncovered leaves that I'd like to peel back. Right. But that's just how my brain goes. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I, I like, huh, you. you know, but it's, um, that was good. I thought that was great. I think it's true in context. Uh, it was for Israel. Right. I mean, no, no I can just know. Right? Yeah, yeah, no. It, this promise, this one in 2911 is for the people of who are being exiled. Correct. And it was a, it was a hang in there. I got you. Right. Don't forget. I'm your, I'm your father. I will not leave you. Right. I will not forsake you. That kind of thing. That's a repetitive. Yeah. Uh, theme. Theme. Of scripture. Of scripture. Of God and his character. Yes. Yeah, okay. Exactly. That's... So good job, bro. Um, Thanks. <laughs> if anybody has questions about that, we'll give out Brandon's number. <laughs> he can field all Jeremiah twenty nine eleven questions. Okay. Um, I think 15 minutes. Let me see what I can get done. All right. So if you'll go with me, let me pick a short one. <laughs> if you'll go with me to Philippians 4, 7. Ooh. Por favor. If you'll go with me to Philippians 4, 7, this is a very, 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 very popular promise. Mm -hmm. Now, the way that I looked at this was God is, is speaking on, I'm, excuse me, Paul is speaking on behalf of God. 
So I believe his promises are God's promises, right? I'm not sure they would be in Scripture if it wasn't something we could we could bank on. Right. Right. Nothing false in here. Right. I completely agree. So Paul's uh, promising something on behalf of God. You think that's okay for us to bank on? Yeah, I think that Scripture, even you know, Paul, whoever wrote Scripture, is God um, breathed, inspired, inspired, written by man for the purpose of men. So what I did is I didn't I didn't quote anything. Thus saith the Lord stuff. I did like. Paul telling the people this is God's promise. So you'll see. In, uh, in Philippians 4, 7, it says this. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Have you ever heard that? I have heard that okay. numerous times. Do you believe that's true? Well, yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, is this a trick question? It is a trick question. No. <laughs> no. So No, I don't agree with scripture at all. Wait a minute. I'm on the wrong podcast. <laughs> let me unpack this quickly. Sure. I'm not sure how our 30-minute things are going to go because we, we study a lot, bro. There's a lot. I, I but know. let me try. Let me try. If it's lacking, viewers, let us know, and we'll just have to... We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. So... Here's what I'd like to do, like I like I do with my personal study. I had to go Greek on a lot of these things because the New Testament was written thousands of years ago in a different language, and uh, I don't know how how this mic is picking me up, being over to the side, but you know, thousands of years ago in a different language, and if we just assume that this language that we're reading is the most accurate, we're going to be in trouble. We have to dig. We have to. A lot of times, the words don't carry the same meaning as we think. And unless we know what Paul meant when he wrote that, we will misapply a lot of things. 100%. So with the three promises that I picked, the next three episodes, I had to really, really look in the Greek to make sure that I understood it so that I could help everyone else understand. So we don't get the correct context if you don't understand the way the word was used. That's correct. And a lot of times it's used multiple ways. Right. So not only do you have to see the multiple ways it's used, you have to figure out which one fits Oh, and, properly and yeah. slang is not a new thing true like <laughs> as much as people who want to argue against the bible that, oh this word didn't exist or that word didn't exist well people didn't uh 20 years ago walking around going oh man look at those shoes they're fire yeah that's true well 20 years ago people would have been like oh is somebody's shoes on fire yeah exactly like no, you have right. to know the context yeah. yeah you have to know the context of the word really during do. the time it's used and even though scripture is God inspired, the person writing it isn't going to write the words to where like we have to understand it. They were going to write their audience to their audience. Yes, who right. are contemporaries. Right. We are not contemporaries. No, <laughs> no, we are not. Not only was it 2000 years ago, he was a genius and a scholar and a, and a Jewish. He was almost like he was up he there, could, bro. He, it's my understanding. He could like repeat the Torah yeah, I believe without so. having it in front yeah, of him, I believe is, that's true. is what he's considered because he was supposed to be a rabbi. Yeah, I believe that's true. I think I've heard that. Um, all right, let me break this down. Let me go back to uh, verse three, just to give us some context. Yes, I ask you also, true companion. Um, I believe he's talking to you, Euodia, and Synthesy, or something like that. Um, some people who have labored with him side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Amen. Here's Amen. four. This is where this is where it starts 
giving this very long if-then promise. If-then promise, right? I knew you would love that. And I love this so much because I think when we're done in a few minutes, it will not only seem like an if-then, but almost like a uh, solution to a formula. It's almost a formula to a problem, right? You'll see. All right, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let's start with the ending, and let's see how these fit in. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the peace of God. So that's not a standalone verse. That's the end of something, right? Correct. Nothing starts with and. (laughs) I don't just come up to you and say, and I had coffee. And you're like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) What was before that? Right. Okay. So... Paul is using an an if-then, but he's using the words and will. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will and will. You see? See the relationship? And will. Well, what's before that is what I want to know. What's he talking about? That's almost like a fragment. That's not, not, not even a complete thought in my point of view. So let's go to Ford. This is where he starts to give the formula. Oh, yeah. it's funny you say that because in my study, Greek is um, most of the manuscripts, they don't use periods. There's none. There's, There's no, no punctuation. Yeah, no punctuation. It's just complete what we would consider a run-on yeah. sentence. So you have to— You must to... have got that in Ephesians <laughs> when you were studying Ephesians, right? That big Maybe. old run-on sentence? Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, that's true. There was no periods. There was, And it was written from right to left. Like right it's to completely left. Different. Exactly. So we have to be smart about this. We can't just assume, right? A lot of people think just reading their Bible is good. And I would say, okay, it's a good start. But don't you want to know what it means? Right. Not what you think it means? Anyway, so let's go to four. Rejoice in the... Remember, we're talking about a solution for how the peace of God surpasses all understanding and how it's going to guard our hearts and our minds. How's it going to do that? Well, number one, rejoice in the Lord always. So when we rejoice in the Lord, number one, a couple things that I took note of, we are taking all of our thoughts off us and putting it in Him. We are rejoicing and we're happy, and we're thankful, and we're excited, and we're exuberant, and we are no longer focused on our issues. We're focused on our king. No, Right? Right. It's outward focused, not inward focused. You really want to get rid of your anxiety? Stop thinking about yourself. Clip that. <laughs> Clip that. Bro, if we can be outward thoughts, if we can be outward focused instead of inward focused, can you imagine if we just walked around excited about our king all day? None of this crap would matter, bro. None of this. If we were just like, thank God for your blessings and thank God for salvation and thank God for my future hope and thank God for my joy in the Lord. I'm sorry, I'm getting all preachery up here. But I mean, rejoice in the Lord. You want to stop having issues, which I do. Today I had issues, bro. I had to do this. I picked this verse because I was going through something today. And it reminded me, if I'll just rejoice in my Lord who saved me from sin, who is preparing a place for me, who tells me don't worry about here, worry about there. Like, Then my anxieties just go from inward, inward, inward to gone, to gone. I heard someone say, this was a secular psychologist say one time, if you want to get rid of your anxiety, stop worrying about yourself. Paul says the same thing. Right. Outward focus, outward focus. Let's keep going. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, he says it twice. Kind of like when Jesus would say verily, verily, or truly, truly. I don't know if that's true, but Paul might be repeating that. To the audience, again, let me tell you how important this is. 
do it. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. You, br- you bring. Oh, I totally Go understand ahead. that because you bring that up, and I. Um, you've said this before that I, I'm very good with analogies. My analogy to that is when you tell your kid to do something, and you're like, "Hey, don't forget." I asked you to take the trash out. Like, hey, take the trash out. Right. But don't forget, I asked you to take the trash out. Right. You you have emphasis on that. And you're saying like, hey, I really want you to hear what I'm saying. And that's how I read scripture that, that says like twice. twice. Like, heads up. Anytime Jesus is like, truly, yeah. truly, I'm like, oh. Yeah, that's pr- that's been proven. Right. It's, it's tied to importance. Right. Way. So we have rejoice outward. Like, put your focus on him. Don't focus on your anxieties. Focus on him. The founder and the perfecter of our faith, like, Focus on him. And then the very next step is let your reasonableness or your gentleness be known to all. What else? Okay. Think about someone else now. Right. <laughs> think about someone else now. Serve someone else. Yeah. So put your, put your thoughts on the king. When you're done with that, put your thoughts on someone else. Now there's two times you don't think about yourself. Guess where your anxieties go? They either go right. real, real low or they go out the door. Right. Man, I love this. Like, I love this because this is, you know, instead of paying a hundred bucks for a psychologist, (laughs) read this, right? Read this and see if it works. Walk it, walk it. See if it works. You feel anxious. You feel burdensome. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Know him, know what his promises are. Know what he's promised you. Rejoice in that. Be excited about that. Not about this, right? Right. Sometimes we can have reverse excitement of our problems. I, I just made that up. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but I I totally pick it up. We can get just as hype about our future glory as we are in our trials. Right. We can literally say I'm on level 10 trial right now. And God's like, ah, I don't think so. (laughs) I'm not sure about that. Why don't you focus on your level 10 glory? Right. Right. And your trials go down like there's no comparison. Right. There's no, there's scriptures all throughout. I don't have time for that, but there's, hundreds of scriptures about how nothing compares to what's in the future. And I think that's what Paul's trying to explain. Let's keep going. The Lord is at hand. So rejoice in the Lord. Serve someone. Don't worry about yourself. The Lord is near is another way. He's not only near here, he, like relationship-wise, he's coming. He's coming. You really want to uh, forget about your anxieties? Focus on the fact that the king is coming and heaven is here. I mean, bro, like... I know sometimes it's hard to get money together to pay for a mortgage bill. I get that. I've been there. I understand sure. that. You know? But where does that rank in the fact that if you just said, yeah, that's not fun, but heaven's coming. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, I, do, I don't I do like taking this medicine. I really don't like having a broke down car. Heaven's coming, though. So, eh. Right? Do you see how it starts to shift? Yeah. The way we yeah. think about things? I think Paul's giving us a different way to think about it. That's why I called it a formula. All right. And it, Go ahead, bro. Oh, it's just James says life is but a vapor. Here today. Gone. Gone tomorrow. Right. So if you think about it that way and know that it the end of that vapor is heaven. Yes. What so, do you really have to worry about? Nothing. <laughs> nothing. So then he goes on to say, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Okay. This one is, seems a little worky like to me pray and pray. but when you understand what paul is saying he's he's not saying like do all these things he's saying consider the source 
consider the source. I was going to ask you if you, the Greek for the prayer and supplication part. I didn't look into that. You didn't look that? Okay. I'm just wondering if that is a form of Paul saying, like, uh, like, look to the Lord. Yes, it is. And say, hey, like, you have what I need. It's basically the way, because I've spoken on this before, and basically the way the Greek breaks it down is um, our understanding of God's sovereignty is not the neglect of telling him that we're in need. It's the full surrender of giving him all our needs. Right. 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 So I think Paul is like, okay, rejoice in the Lord. He's amazing. Serve someone else. Get your focus off of you. But then after that, take all those little anxieties that you think you have and compare them to who has you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then, okay, here's where the promise comes in. So here's these little steps. And then, and everything prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Why thanksgiving? Well, because you know he cares for you. You know who you're giving it to. You know that God is not neglecting you. You know that Jeremiah 29, 11, God is the same God. It's the same God. Amen. And that's the same God you're giving your little baby earthly anxieties to. And he's like, I care so much about you. I got you. Don't worry. I got you. Heaven's coming. Start thinking about me. Serve other people. I've got all your anxiety. Just give them here. Give them here. And when we have thanksgiving, it's really because we know who he is. And we're like, yes, I get to give these to my dad. You know what I mean? It's a different way of thinking. And I think Paul's trying to shift minds, shift ways. Okay, and here's our famous promise. And the peace of God. So when we do all those things, think about someone who's done all those things. Let's just run through a quick, I got like three minutes. You're good. Let's run through a quick scenario where this happens. Let's just see if it works, right? I don't want to be cheesy, but... I mean, that's what it's here for. Right. Okay, so. Test all things. What anxiety do I have in my life that um, I'm concerned about? Um, I ha- This is going to sound stupid, but you see the skin stuff I have? Mm-hmm. It's like psoriasis or something like that. And I've tried everything. I've tried all the steroid creams. I've tried, like, everything the doctor's given me, I've tried it. Um, I found this stuff, shea butter. It's yellow. It's African shea butter. It doesn't smell great. But it's helping mask it, but it's not solving anything. Well, to be honest, when I go to shake hands and stuff, and because I'm in school systems a lot, I'm making contact with a lot of people. Sometimes I will get anxious about this stuff on my hands. But let's just take that, which is real, and it is a real concern that I have. Let's see if I can run it through this. This little this litmus test? Yeah, that Paul gives us. Okay. Rejoice in the Lord. Man, what does that look like? Lord, you're bigger than this stupid eczema. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you wanted to take it away, you would. So I kind of find peace knowing that I've prayed about this, Lord. I I don't like this. Would you please take it away? If he wanted to, he would. That brings me peace. I rejoice knowing that he can. He can, right? Right. Sure. Okay, so I rejoice in the Lord. Now let me go serve someone else. Now let me stop thinking about my stupid anxiety and let me go help someone. Guess what? I'm not thinking about that anymore, right? I'm not thinking about that anymore. And then I give my prayers to the Lord and say, Lord, you you know my heart. You know that's something that's bothering me. Um, I know you can, so I'm just going to give this to you, and I'm going to trust your timing on this. I'm going to keep doing my part, put my little lotions on, but I'm not going to worry about it anymore because if you wanted it gone, you would make it move. My faith isn't the problem. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So now anxiety just, boom, it's gone. gone. Yeah, It's gone because now for us to be anxious, we're questioning him instead of this thing anymore. Do you? Maybe the people that question God have an issue with who he is. 100%. You know? Right. Realistically? Maybe or, when or, we question God, yeah. Or 
they don't know the character of God. Possibly. Because, and, and, and I'm not trying to call anybody out here, but a lot of times you go and sit in a pew on a Sunday morning for an hour, and maybe you have the Bible app, you crack it open, you read the verse of the day, and you're done. You cannot get to know the character of God an hour on Sunday and five minutes a day on your Bible app. Correct. Because you're going to read Jeremiah twenty nine eleven that out says context. out of context, and you're going to ha- you're going to be like, oh God is just going to yeah. pour out his American prosperity on me. Yeah. Wrong. And then you're going to be like, why aren't I prosperous? Why am you I said I were right? Yeah, yeah. Right. You're gonna you're gonna be calling him out, going, you yeah. lied. Yeah, you're exactly. a liar. Exactly. No, he's not. Right. You didn't read correctly. Yeah. You don't understand. Right. You're not you. You're ignorant to who his character is. So here's the last part. I love this so much. When we do all these things, the peace of God, this is not a, like, you know, when you smoke weed or whatever, or you get drunk. There's a certain peace to that. It takes away some of your problems minorly and, or for a, a small period of time. But the anxiousness is still there. It's just kind of dormant for a, right. a period of time. This peace of God, when you look up in the Greek, the word is Irene. I don't know if it's exactly pronounced the right way. <laughs> E-I-R-E-N-E. E-R-E-N-E. I don't know. Look it up. And here's what it means. The tranquil state of a Christian, assured of its salvation. Mm. So no fear from God and content with their earthly lot. You want to talk about, bro, perspective. <laughs> you right. want to talk about perspective. This little skin stuff, I don't like it. But man, I'm going to heaven, dude. <laughs> The Lord is my king. I have no more enmity between me and God. You want to get rid of your anxieties? Focus on that. Focus on that. That's why this promise is true. Because when someone has the right perspective and they're doing the things that Paul knows to be true, it happens. And it's real. And it's not like anxieties go away forever. This is what I wrote down here, a mental reset. It's almost like, okay, I'm anxious. Hang on a second. Let me go to Philippians 4. Let me make sure I'm rejoicing in the Lord. Let me serve someone else. Let me focus on my peace with God and, and my future salvation and my assured hope. And I promise you, if you know all of that stuff, anxiety no more. Until it comes back and you do it again. You know, it's not forever, but right. I think Paul's trying to help us live here, be content with your earthly lot, right? And um, knowing that your peace with God is your prosperity. Amen. Dude. Amen. Amen. That's all I got. That's good. It's also good for me because um, before I was saved, I've been diabetic for almost 35 years now. Yeah. And um, as somebody with a chronic disease, you have bad days. It's mm-hmm. just what it is what it is. You know, you, you can't have a chronic disease and not have a bad day, in my opinion. Yeah. Maybe there's some fanaticals out there that eat the exact same thing every day and sure, whatever you're part of the like half percent, not the 99% of us that, you know, deal with this every day. But I used to have a bad day and be like, I hate this. Yeah. Why, why do I have to deal with this? Like I was, and this, this was actually, I was angry at, at, like I used to walk around going, if God existed, he must hate me. Yeah. Cause I've been diabetic since I was four years old. What could I have done wrong at four years old? Yeah. That's a whole nother topic. However, (laughs) naughty boy. (laughs) (laughs) However, I used to blame God for being diabetic. Like this is terrible. Like I, why, why do I deserve this now? It's completely different. Yeah. Like my perspective is completely different. I'm like, 
can Jesus come back any day now? So <laughs> just like, I just want the new body. Yeah. Like I don't have diabetes anymore, yeah. but even if I have to deal with it now, so what? Yeah. But you can still say, my prayer is take it away, Lord. Right. Please. But, but if it's, it's like, not if your you will. If you don't. Who cares? What am I going to question you? No. Get out of right. here, bro. Right. No. What am I going to tell you what to do? Get out of here, bro. <laughs> my prayer and my supplication, Lord, I'm a beggar. I mean, I'm right. your child. Don't get me wrong. But you know, the image I'm trying to create is you hold it all, Lord. Right. Please give me whatever my lot is and I'll be happy with it. Right. Anxiety be gone. I I have come to the point that maybe I'm diabetic for the sole reason that I could help somebody who is diabetic and doesn't know what they're doing and doesn't trust the Lord because they're diabetic. And now my testimony could help them come to know the Lord. It is possible, right? Right. We don't know. I don't know. It is possible. It's a possibility. I mean, but that gives me, it gives me a form of hope. Yeah. And that maybe I could help him out. Not, not that God needs our help. Don't get me wrong. But that I could help a fellow person out in their struggles. Right. Because I've been there. In the Lord. In the Lord. Yeah. Right. 100. 